Merhaba from BA. This is a Rorschach Turkey update from the 14th of March 2023. A quick summary of what's going down in Turkey. Let's kick off this episode with some news on the election. The ruling People's Alliance is seeking to extend the alliance. On Friday the 10th, the ruling Justice and Development Party, or AKP, visited the new Welfare Party, an Islamist party, to discuss a possible alliance. Both parties spoke in favor of the coalition. However, the new Welfare Party shared a list of controversial demands for joining the coalition. The list caused quite a stir among the people. The party requested the government to reconsider the law on preventing violence against women and change the articles that disrupt the integrity of the family. Islamists argue that women use some of the articles to slander men. On that note, the Free Cause Party, a party often recognized as a political branch of the Islamist terrorist organization Hezbollah, also announced that it would support President Erdogan in the elections. The Hezbollah aimed to form an Islamic Turkish Republic and they opposed every ideology that wasn't theirs. Back in the 90s, they were infamous for their signature torturous executions and mass graves and caused great panic among the people. The party's support caused a stir on social media. Many pointed out that if such a reactionist and extremist party supports the current regime, then it was time to change the government. Moreover, the Homeland Party, founded by Muharrem Inge, the former presidential candidate of the main opposition, the Republican People's Party, or CHP, held an informal election within the party to decide on their presidential candidates. In the end, the party members decided that Muharrem Inge would be the candidate. Many opposition supporters criticized Inge for further dividing the opposition votes. The head of the Turkey Workers' Party said that if all the opposition groups came together, they could easily beat the ruling alliance with a majority, slamming the Homeland Party's decision to nominate its own party. More on the opposition. On Monday the 13th, a worker from the main opposition CHP's Trabzon provincial presidency reported that a bullet hit the presidency's window. The police found four empty bullet cases on the scene, but only one bullet hit the building. So far, it's not very clear if the attacker targeted the CHP presidency or if this was an unrelated attack. Moving on to some news and diplomacy. Recall that back in January, a Turkish court had previously blocked the People's Democratic Party, or HDP's, bank accounts that received aid from the Treasury as a part of the case for shutting down the party over its alleged ties to terrorist organizations. Now, on Thursday the 9th, the Constitutional Court lifted the ruling granting the party access to its bank accounts once again. Some speculated that the court lifted the ban in order to provide the party with enough money to lead their own election campaign with their own candidate, instead of supporting the main opposition alliance, 
thus lowering the opposition votes. Following the ruling on Saturday the 11th, Devlet Bacili, the head of the Nationalist Movement Party, a member of the pro-government alliance, accused the Constitutional Court of being the, quote, backyard, unquote, of separatist terrorist groups. He also added that if the HDP was looking for a presidential candidate, the Constitutional Court's president would fit their criteria. On to some news about education. Recall that schools were temporarily shut down in the 11 earthquake-hit cities. On Monday the 13th, schools opened in the cities of Gaziantep, Adana and Usmanie. On Saturday the 11th, Suleiman Soilu, the interior minister, said that the government failed to provide breakfast to some regions and called on citizens to donate breakfast food, tea and sugar, as well as sweatpants, slippers and hygiene products. Many criticized Soilu for asking the citizens for donations. They pointed out that the government collected billions of liras in the earlier days of the earthquake. In addition to this, the Turkish Red Crescent and the Disaster and Emergency Management Authority, both governmental institutions, have been receiving donations as well. They asked where all these donations went and stated that the government shouldn't have to rely on people's help. Some also recalled how President Erdogan would throw tea bags at people during his rallies as a gift, and ironically asked if they had run out of tea because of this. On that note, the people living in tents in the earthquake region report that they receive food packages, but they don't have a stove or a camp cylinder to cook their meals. They have to wait in lines at volunteer soup kitchens or buy their own camp cylinder, which may cost them a lot of money. Speaking of the earthquake, Shahan Gokpakar, a famous comedian, and Karim Kinnik, the head of the Turkish Red Crescent, got in a fight on social media over the recent scandal about the Red Crescent selling their tent inventory to a non-governmental social aid foundation instead of donating them directly to the earthquake zone. Gokbakar tweeted a picture of Kinnik in a Red Crescent vest and said, Quote, red looks good on you. May you have a good Sunday with lots of daily allowances. Unquote. Referencing the claims that he has multiple salaries and additional daily allowances from various institutions related to or close to the government. To this, Kinnick said that Gokbakar was looking for fame and attention and once again reminded him that he didn't do anything illegal. Gogpakar responded saying that he had enough fame, but Kinnick lacked shame and called on him to apologize to the public and resign from his position. On Sunday the 12th, President Erdogan held a rally in the earthquake-hit city of Hatay. According to Dicken, an online news outlet, the governor of the district of Kirikan in the city instructed the public servants to attend the rally. In other news, in her most recent column, Nagehan Alchi, a pro-government journalist from Haberturk News outlet, 
said that she wouldn't side with a political ideology, referencing the AKP that bans concerts and festivals, imposes political bans on its rivals, and oppresses brilliant people like Osman Kavala, a businessman who spent years in prison without a conviction because of his participation in the Gezi protests. She added that she supported the progressive ideologies of the AKP, but not this oppressive ideology they have lately adopted. On Friday the 10th, the Turkish Statistical Institute reported that the monthly unemployment rate in the country dropped to below 10%. This is the lowest rate since August 2022. Moving on, over the weekend, heavy rain caused the ponds and rivers in the city of Kutaya to overflow and flood the surrounding active farmlands. The District Directorate of Agriculture and Forestry is currently conducting a damage assessment in the area. Lastly, back in 2020, a court sentenced Jamal Metin Auji to aggravated life in prison for the brutal murder of Pinar Gul Tekin. Another court later reduced his sentence, claiming that the victim, quote, provoked, unquote, him. This decision caused outrage among the public and many women's rights organizations protested against the ruling. On Friday the 10th, an appeals court lifted Auchi's sentence reduction. The court also convicted Jamal Auchi's brother, Merchian Auchi, of hiding and destroying criminal evidence. He was previously acquitted. The Gultekin family's lawyer shared on Twitter that justice was finally served, even if it happened belatedly. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. You can support us by subscribing to our show. This way, you'll never miss an episode. Let us know your thoughts and ideas by emailing us at turkey at Rorschach.com. Oscar Kalender.